good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cuff hit me cut a dude. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Minnesota 350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Yes, they are. And yes, they do. And uh, uh, just a great organization here in Minnesota. And then there's also a 350 organization that's national, too, that uh, they're part of, too. So it's, it's great to have their support. And we've been supported by them for so many years. Hey, we have Arvina Martin, uh, uh, Executive Director of Emerge Wisconsin. And Arvina, you're becoming a regular, and I like that. Oh, I like it too. It's fun. We get yeah. here, and then I, it's like two minutes, and <laughs> I'm like, "Hey, we're done." <laughs> I know that's good, and uh, you have so much going on. And I think you know, with our people, we're Ho Chunk, and all three of us here are Ho Chunk, and uh, we just uh, love our homeland and uh, uh, and talking about. It. And it's great to have you on to give us updates what's happening in Wisconsin politically, but also especially with the merge and um, you being the former, and I always get this wrong. You were a former city council member, but they, they call yeah. it something different in that foreign state of Wisconsin. Don't yeah. They? We're, we're known as alders or older persons, alder women, alder men, <laughs> alder dude, no. alder, alder <laughs> them. I actually kind of like as well yeah. for when we get our first non-binary yeah, um, older person. Definitely, and you were the first Native American, and obviously the first Ho Chunk to be older person in uh, was Madison, Wisconsin, which to me is one of my favorite all-time cities, other than you know where I live right now in the Twin Cities. But uh, I love, love, love Madison. It's it's a great town. This is where I grew up. You know, I live in the neighborhood that I grew up in with my with my mom and previously with my dad before he passed and. You know, it's just, this is my home and I've tried to move away for other things. And every time Madison calls me back, I'm supposed to be here. So I love it here. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's just great things. Well, let's talk a little bit. Uh, we, we've been kind of mumble jumbling uh, in the last few days after Governor Evers did this uh awesome thing a little uh what did bush used to call it trickery a little trickery <laughs> going on here in wisconsin but in a good way and uh i just a, a former high school teacher myself uh, just really happy to hear this news and i wonder if you could give us a little more uh clarity on it because i think i stumbled through it and mumbo jumbled it but we were happy as heck when we were talking about it last week oh absolutely so um so governors in Wisconsin actually have the most expansive um, veto power, uh, partial veto power in the country um, because they're able to, they, they can strike out any part of a budget bill, um, which means that they can, they can take out words, letters, numbers, um, and create New, pol new policy, in a sense, mm -hmm. um, out of the words that the the legislature has that passed and then sent to them. And and I want to make it very clear that this is not a new thing at all. Um, uh, Governor Evers uh, managed to uh, increase funding for public schools to continue to increase um, for 400 years um, <laughs> by crossing out numbers and letters in succession in order to make it it work out like that um but he's not the first mm. um uh, uh, governor scott walker did the same thing um oh. they they called it the the thousand year veto um yeah. and and he struck funding from a particular program and it happened so long ago i can't remember exactly what it was but um he did the same kind of same kind of uh 
action, took the same kind of action. So it makes it really hard then for Republicans to say, oh, you know, the, the precedent is there. You yeah. know, it's, it's happened once before and it happened because one of their guys and I don't like referring to like us and them when it comes to mm-hmm. government officials, because, you know, it should be for people doing this for all of us. Right. Um, but, but um, you know, this is, this is not without precedent and this is precedent that the other side has used to um, change the intent of what legislators had passed in order to support his own um, legislative or policy initiatives. So mm-hmm. It's it's happened again and it's been held up. So is is that three hundred dollars uh, or f- is it four hundred dollars per student? And is that and does that happen every year for the next four hundred years or is that just a uh, three hundred uh, per student last the four hundred years? I'm I'm not. Yeah. Do you, know so, you know what I'm asking? Yeah. Really so, so it was $325, uh, I believe per student. I'm yeah. sitting here going back and looking at my notes. Um, and then it, it will grow by 325 each year. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's so, a good one. so an increase by 2033 would mean, um, an additional for, uh, $3,575 per student. Oh. So throughout the next decade, it, it just keeps adding. Well, that's better than not adding because I know Wisconsin and Minnesota, when I was young and I'm much younger than both of you, uh, <laughs> Haley and, uh, you know, and I'm old enough to be Haley's grandfather, but uh, I, Minnesota and Wisconsin were the beacon of education at one time in the seventies and eighties. People came uh, all over the country to see how we were doing it. And then we slowly and I think the Reagan era really helped us out, but we slowly got defunded each year. And it's like, we're struggling and we haven't had, you know, um, money for per student uh, in a long time here. And it sounds like great action in Wisconsin, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. And, and Wisconsin, yeah, as you're right, you're right. Wisconsin has always um, been very strong in our, our public school educations uh, or I public school educations. I just showed my, (laughs) no, public school education has always been such an important part of life here in Wisconsin. Um, And, and, you know, the first, the first school, one of the first schools in Wisconsin, and the first woman to teach public school was a Stockbridge Muncie woman by the name of Electa Quinney. Wow. You know, so, so she, and the UW Milwaukee has a, has a, whole kind of uh, part of their, their university, the Electa Quinney Institute talking about education. Um, And, and, you know, it's, we shouldn't be surprised that our public school teacher and administrator governor um, was able Mm. to creatively add um, funding to, to, to kind of restore the damage that's been done by cuts and, and charter schools and being able to take money away and authority away from say the public schools in the Milwaukee public school system. Um, you know, the, the Republicans just want to see public education done away with. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm so proud that our governor was able to, to, creatively get some of that funding back. And and so all of our kids um, have a fair shake and, and are able to be educated and, and able to succeed and support, you know, support themselves and, and help support, you know, us as they go forward. I mean, public education is really the linchpin of the whole democratic system. So absolutely. It's the, it's the game changer. It's the equalizer. I, I think, Two, one of the things, uh, and again, I'm old, so like my first election that I was able to vote in was for uh, Jimmy Carter in 1980 against Ronald the Reagan. And um, he, uh, want, you know, was a union buster. And uh, the teachers union here in Minnesota and, and I imagine in Wisconsin are super duper strong. And when he yep. took uh, became president, 56% of the workers in the United States were union workers. That's down to like, uh, I think I read 20%, which is the big plan, you know, to less rights for us and less, less rights for workers. 
Absolutely. And just want to shout out, send a plug um, in about my organization, organization Emerge Wisconsin. We are also um, unionized, part of uh, the SEIU network. So big supporter wow. of, of unions and labor. That's perfect. Hey, we're here with Arvina Martin, and we are talking Wisconsin slash Minnesota politics. See how we switch that around today, and that's good because we have a lot of listeners that are and we want our neighbors to be good neighbors, just like we're trying to be here in Minnesota. So it's great news. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Life is a journey, and the Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas will help you get where you want to go. Located in downtown Minneapolis, this affordable two-year college provides free textbooks, a laptop, meals, career coaches, and a metro transit pass, making DFC the perfect pathway to a bachelor's degree. Turn your dreams into reality at Doherty Family College at the University of St. Thomas. Apply today at dfc.stthomas.edu. If the statistics say that one in three Native women and one in six Native men have experienced sexual assault in their lifetime, it means our whole community is affected by sexual violence. One is too many. Don't stand by. Stand up. Don't engage in acts of sexual violence. And shut down the dirty jokes, the gossip, the victim blaming and shaming. As a community, we can change the way we respond. Contact the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition to attend a workshop to learn more. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hi, I'm Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, shame-free dental office. If you're having a dental emergency, we'll try and get you in the same day you call because we don't like to see anyone in pain. And we'll help you get through every appointment in the most pain-free way possible. As my daughter Rachel says, If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Shamblot Family Dentistry in Hopkins and St. Paul. Find them online at shamblotfamilydentistry.com or call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH. Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, we're here with Arvina uh, and uh, we're Martin, and we're talking, oh, uh, you know, just having our normal conversation. It's always good to talk to another Ho Chunk. And, um, you know, I, I just, uh, I really enjoy our conversations. I feel a lot of, a lot of positive energy. I want, you know, and this is a thing when Wendy's on, she always sends me a note, go, says, uh, let them talk about what they want to talk about. And uh, this is your opportunity. I'd like to hear maybe some, uh, updates on Emerge or what's happening in Wisconsin and, or anything you'd like to talk about this segment, because I have a question for next segment. Oh, wow. Hey, yeah. Well, we have just completed our first program year, um, my first program year as Emerge Wisconsin's executive director. Um, we, the class of 2023, had their last um, training session a couple of weeks ago. So we have a, cl- a small but absolutely mighty, thoughtful, and strong. Um, class of women who are ready to take on the world and to run for office. And you know what? I'm actually really, really proud that they are the first class of Emerge Wisconsin who has had a very specific training um, in in what I call Tribes 101. And Robert at the state yeah. Wisconsin State Party Democratic Conten- Convention, you know, you got a taste of what what the class of uh, 2023 got to experience. There's was a bit longer because we had you know it's hard to squeeze everything into one hour but we you know had to do it for convention um so you know now emerge wisconsin graduates are going to come out with an idea and and an understanding of what tribal sovereignty means and why it's important to work with tribal governments on on all kinds of issues that 
either they may normally think of, you know, say, oh, yeah, we've got to talk to tribes about this, but other issues that maybe they they wouldn't think of, maybe issues and, and things like transportation infrastructure or, you know, other infrastructure um, and management and and things other things beyond just cultural preservation or gaming. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me. So, you know, I think that that's really exciting. And I really, I really see the desire for, um, for, from, from Democrats to understand um, what, why working with tribes is different than working with other groups of people. Um, we're going to get ready for our graduation and I'm planning um, our summer recruiting because we are going to be opening up our applications um, this on Labor Day, which is very, very exciting. Um, I'm hoping to see a lot of diverse folks apply, lots of people from, um, you know, up north in Wisconsin. We need you. We need we need strong Democratic women to run for offices like school board. Um, we need women to to run for their their city councils, uh, town councils, village village boards, county boards, um, and all of those elections are going to come up in spring of 2023, and they're coming up fast. And wow. you know, I'm also working with some of our partner organizations to um, introduce them so that they can start creating authentic relationships um, in it with tribal governments in within tribal communities so that our people are represented um, at, at every level of government and not just tribal government. Do you remember uh, the question I, I, I asked you? Oh, but boy, I didn't. I just started oh. talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not that question. Oh. I meant at the, at when you did the 101. Uh, I'm sorry, I wasn't. <laughs> I oh, wasn't about clear. land acknowledgments. Yes. Yes. It, and I think that's an interesting point because it's been a really kind of hip happening thing here in the last mm-hmm. five six years. And, and uh, I always, well, I want you to uh, answer that. Yeah, no, I think, I think that people need to change the way they think about land acknowledgements. I think there are a lot of people that want to do good things, but think that just saying we exist on an area that, that was maintained or where, you know, tribe A, B or C or and C um, have lived um, and think that that's enough. And I want I want people to stop thinking about it as an end result and think about it as the first step. You know, acknowledging is great, but what are you going to do going forward? You know, whether, you you know, are you going to, if you are, say, a municipality, are you going to then use that as a jumping off point to have a solid consultation relationship with the tribe that, that, um, um, you know, was, were caretakers of the land where you reside now? If you are a business, what does that mean? What can you do? to give back to the tribe whose lands you now occupy, you know, um, and that, that if you're not going to do it, if you're not going to do it right, then, you know, just going in and and doing it part way isn't, isn't enough. And it's, I think that people need to change the way that they think about what a land acknowledgement is. Well, they stopped asking me to do land acknowledgements because mine was always give us our land back. Thank you very much. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's cool. And, 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 and sometimes it's, it's, I guess what I want to say, it's not enough just to acknowledge it. And that's kind of what you're saying. And I want to just say that, um, because sometimes, uh, and maybe not the people's fault that are giving or hearing or asking somebody to do the land acknowledgement, you feel better and then you just move on and then, then nothing really happens. And exactly. No, no functional change, no change in operations. It's still the status quo, but then you're acknowledging that the status quo is not sufficient, you know, yeah. <laughs> this sucks, but yeah, we so, acknowledge that it sucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let me uh, just back up just a second here about, uh, emerge Wisconsin. Is there information you can give to our listening audience? Because we're all over uh, civic media in Wisconsin too on how to contact you, website, Facebook, uh, all those great things. What what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, um, our so our 
if you live in Wisconsin or are interested in what we're doing here in Wisconsin, you can go to our website. It's wi.emergeamerica.org or look us up on Facebook. Um, we are there and across social media, you can Google us there. If you are in another state and are wondering about the program and if there is an Emerge affiliate where you live, you can go to emergeamerica.org or Google Emerge, whatever your state's name is, um, and find out information on, you know, first of all, if the, you have an Emerge affiliate in your state, if you do, um, you know, what the timeline is for their trainings. Um, and, you know, the, the trainings that we offer are so substantial. You know, you can go to organizations that do a great job of, of trying to condense everything into maybe a day or a few hours. Um, but this is a six month training. And so it allows us to go more in depth and talk about things that are scary. I mean, talking about fundraising is a whole weekend because there's just so much, there's so much stigma. And, and I think about how we as native people are socialized to think about asking for, for, for help financially. And, and it's really hard to ask people to, to part with their money when they, maybe they don't, there are things that they need to give um, and, and, and the things that they need in order to just get through life. Um, and, and talking about, you know, how asking for fundraising or asking for funds for your, your, your election or your candidacy is not just, you know, asking, asking for money, just period. That's asking for support for you and, and what you believe in and how you can, how you can make things better for, for everybody. Um, and, it's a really hard, it's very, very difficult. And I admit to still having problems, um, you know, internally um, mm -hmm. asking for money. So what's, in, what's interesting too. Uh, so how did you get your start? Was Emerge part of your story too? Or oh, how did absolutely. you hear? Oh, let's hear that. Yeah. So I started working in politics. I was actually an intern when all of the Act 10 stuff happened um, with Governor Walker taking away, you know, collective bargaining rights from, from workers um, in public sector unions. And um, things just changed immediately. And the recall started. I started working um, as the Native Outreach Director to go talk to Native people about participating in the election. And I just kept meeting all of these remarkable women across the state who were affiliated with Emerge. Huh. Um, and I applied and uh, to, to be a part of the class of 2014. Wow. Um, and yeah, I met some amazing people um, and still continual, like continually meet amazing people that are affiliated um, with Emerge, Emerge period, like in Wisconsin, but also nationwide. I mean, mm -hmm. one of our alums from New Mexico is secretary and former Congresswoman Deb Holland. Wow. You no. Know? So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, and she was also the state chair of the New Mexico um, state Democrats. So, mm -hmm. you know, this, this education really not just teaches you the nuts and bolts, but also gives you connections of people to talk to, 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 to relate to as you go through this journey, that's, you know, campaigning is kind of weird and it's nice <laughs> to have people to talk to who've been through it or are going through it with you. Wow. Hey, what about Charisse? Uh, how did she uh, come about? I know she was in DC for a while there, but maybe we got to go for a break. <laughs> I'm getting crazy here. And you see, I have a picture of Deb Holland in the background. Here in my mirror. Yes. I've met her a few times and I don't think she remembers my name, but ho. Oh. <laughs> hey, we're, we're, we're with Arvina Martin and we're talking, uh, we're talking uh, about a lot of things here that have to do with Turtle Island and Wisconsin and Minnesota. And we'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's, Let's live, live and, and let howl. howl. 
JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hi, Matt McNeil for Rudy Luther Toyota. You've heard me talk about the Rudy Luther Toyota We Buy program. Now hear from someone who's actually done it, me. Our kid's car, the 2006 Toyota Sienna, served us well for 17 years, but it was finally time to say goodbye. The We Buy program is really simple. I gave them some basic information. We set up an appointment, and after a quick verification, they gave me an estimate and a check, and they made me a generous offer. It was that fast. See for yourself. Try the Rudy Luther Toyota We Buy program at RudyLutherToyota.com. No matter if you're eating out or cooking something at home, EatLocalMinnesota.com has you covered with a list of locally owned restaurants and food purveyors. Locally owned Vinaigrette has been offering the finest olive oil and vinegar since 2009. Reintroduce yourself to all the many flavors by tasting before you buy. From darker white balsamic to cold-pressed extra virgin olive oil from all over the world, there is something for everyone. Vinaigrette, located at 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis or at VinaigretteMN.com. The Park Tavern is your go-to destination for fun. Enjoy the fantastic food like their pizzas, burgers, and sandwiches, the best bowling in Minnesota, their wildly popular outdoor patio, great drink specials, all the big games on their numerous screens, and it's the perfect place for your next private event, even large gatherings for over 200. The Park Tavern is your go-to destination for everyone. Have fun at the Park Tavern, Louisiana Avenue, north of Highway 7 in St. Louis Park. Hey, it's Tom. Fossil fuels continue to have negative impacts on our environment. Luckily, there are more ways now than ever to use renewable energy in your home or business. All Energy Solar offers smart energy solutions like custom solar paneling, electric vehicle chargers, and energy storage. Solar panel systems can last for decades, meaning you can help the environment and cut back on electric bills for years to come. There are incentives and rebates available to most people who install solar energy, too. Last year, the federal solar tax credit increased to a 30% tax credit. This incentive can be used in combination with other incentives from your utility, county, or city. But don't delay or miss out, as many of these incentives are limited to only a certain number of people. So have a professional from All Energy Solar help you discover how solar can power up your property while saving on your energy costs. Call 800-620-3370 or visit allenergysolar.com. Hey, welcome back to Data Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Development Institute in Minneapolis. Yes, it is. And they do great work all over Turtle Island. And, uh, you know, we're proud to have them as a, a supporter of Native Ritz Radio. Hey, I'm here with Arvina Martin. And we were talking a little bit about Emerge Wisconsin. And it's always really great to have, have you on time really flies but i i was um at the end of last segment i was kind of mentioning our sister sharice and uh and she didn't go through your program but she was she was a a fellow right yeah she was she um did a, a stint as a white house fellow out in dc and and learned a lot um she she really just she really kicked Sheench out there. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> hey, uh, so you're an old friend with her. Not mm-hmm. not old, I should say. Uh, a long-time friend. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so let's talk a little, let's touch base a little bit about her, because I don't know if our, especially our people here in Minnesota, uh, know much about her. You know, she is a, again, former White House fellow. She is an attorney. Um, and she also um, is a former mixed martial arts um, uh, fighter, um, and and she has a quite an entrepreneurial spirit and has has started businesses, um, mm-hmm. and and she just she's she's so dynamic and and kind of 
is able to kind of have have her you know she's able to do so much mm-hmm. um which is remarkable considering how many how many people in you know not just her her constituents in Kansas but you know she she kind of represents a lot of us here as a, a native people as a, as a native woman mm-hmm. as a, a as a member of the LGBTQ community right. um you know she just she really means a lot to a lot of different people yeah i agree 100% and it's just uh, great to support her and see that she was reelected and because mm-hmm. we always worry about these, you know, purple states or red states that gerrymander us right out of the race. And I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, Trisha Zunker, too, because uh, I think in Wisconsin that she got a gerrymandered. I mean, I don't know. Can I put it like this? Is that uh, the person that she was going up to, against who ended up winning and she really picked up a lot of votes and made it close closer to ever been and or it had been a long time in that gerrymandered uh district um she was up against somebody that's literally crazy uh, <laughs> can i say that on the air yeah, i think you can it's your show <laughs> oh, that's right. Ooh, that's right um yeah i mean well that district was designed to to keep the incumbent in office and trisha took on a huge you know this was not just uh, I'm going to decide to run for Congress. This is, I am going to decide to run for Congress. And, you know, we had talked about, we've talked about fundraising and the Mm -hmm. difficulties with that. She raised so much money um, in a very, very difficult seat. Mm -hmm. And, and she, she worked her behind off. Mm -hmm. She really did a great job. um, And, and really, tried to build coalitions of people that were not being heard and are still not being heard by their current congressmen. Mm -hmm. So excuse me. um, She, she really did a fantastic job. And, and, you know, sometimes you talk about if you're running in a race, you know, what, if, what does a win look like that maybe isn't just winning the race? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, I think that she was able to show viability of, of people in an extreme gerrymandered district. Um, and, and as a, a female candidate and as a native candidate, you know, showed that, that mm-hmm. the work can be done. Yeah. And a Ho-Chunk candidate. And a Ho-Chunk candidate at that too. Exactly. So, you know, we're talking about the diversity of what Sharice uh, has done over the years, but I don't know if I should bring this up, but I want to bring this up. You have a, I don't know if it's a hobby or if it's a community or if it's a way of life, but you are a roller person. Yeah, it's, it's all of those things. It yeah. is all of those things. <laughs> yeah, I, I play roller derby. I'm currently um, rehabbing and getting myself back into shape to play. Um, I, I broke my foot the, the oh. day before election day last year and then had some issues with the walking boot that caused that, that then kind of did some damage to my hips. Um, oh. So, yeah, so I've been rehabbing and trying to get my skate legs back. Hopefully I'll be skating in games soon under my derby name is Donna Stunner. I unabashedly <laughs> love di- and unironically love disco music. So the queen of disco is who I took my my derby name and my inspiration from. Um, but I've been skating, you know, I started skating maybe 12 years ago, wow. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, what position are you? Because aren't there, if I remember right, because I watched it as a kid on TV. <laughs> and uh, so are you a point scorer or a blocker? What are no. the, what is the terminology? Yeah, I would be a blocker. We have three positions. Um, there's blockers. There are jammers. Jammers are the ones that go and score points and pivots are the ones that are their blockers. But if your jammer gets into a bind and needs to, we call pass the star because her helmet cover has a star on it. Yeah. Um, you know, pass that, that helmet cover to her pivot and then her pivot can then take over. So pivots have to be good blockers and jammers. Um, I like, I like blocking, like getting in the way and like, you know, just destroying some jammers dreams of getting through <laughs> just, you know, it's kind of like being on a, uh, on, on the line and, and football, you know, yeah. 
offensive or defensive line, and you mm-hmm. just got to grind in there. And just like I said, instead of a running back, it's a jammer, and you've just got to kill her dreams of getting through. And we also we have to play um, offense and defense at the same time. Wow. So this is the only sport that does that. So, you know, while we're sitting there and not sitting there, but while we're playing okay. and trying to hold their jammer back, there's there's four blockers, including the pivot. Sometimes we have to then go and help our jammer out and get her out and go play offense so she can get through the pack and come come around for another scoring pass. So what is a what is it a time limit and is it uh, how many what's a typical score and uh, how long does it last and I want to ask where can people watch you do this Oh my goodness um so so we divide the game of derby into two halves they're 30 minute halves and um a jam is what we call like a segment of, of play um a, a jam lasts up to two minutes mm-hmm. and if your jammer gets out of the pack first and completely legally she gets awarded lead jammer status and she can call off the jam at any point so oh. you know if if she's jamming against somebody who you know they know she's a the other jammer is a top scorer and you get through and score some quick points. Then you tap on your hips um, and the, the jam ends. So you can try to shut her out from the other scorer from scoring. So yeah. being the disco person, do you ever get to say a whamma jamma? Oh, I, I'm going to start. <laughs> I'm best whamma jamma. I don't remember who, but that's a disco song from the 70s. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> and then where can people see see you uh, do this? Well, yeah, definitely wherever you are, Google Roller Derby in your area. Um, there are women's leagues. There are also um, uh, men's leagues. There are also gender-inclusive leagues that let everybody play. Um, and I've played, I've played games against women. I've uh, I've played games against men. I've played men or mixed leagues, um, and they're all a little bit different. So I would start by googling that, um, or looking up uh, the Women's Flat Track Derby Association and seeing if there's any teams in your area. And you can either watch or come out and play. You know, this is a, a sport that that you know it doesn't require a particular body type you know you can be you can be big and tall and strong you can be small and wiry and strong and they're just you know it's it's a really it's a it's a sport that's a lot more inclusive than a lot of other sports so are you is it a part of the I can't remember the name of the the team in St. Paul but there's a St. Paul uh, team and I know um, they've been on the show over the years and yeah. they're down at the Roy Wilkins is pretty, a uh, pretty nice size place for a uh, roller derby. And well known as the best venue in the country for roller derby. Oh. Um, the Roy is very, very well known. That's where the Minnesota roller derby league skates. Um, mm-hmm. I hope someday to be able to play in a game there. Um, Fingers crossed. <laughs> I still have time left in my career before before my knees give out. <laughs> oh, geez. But yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. And so, again, you know, it, it's part of uh, being in touch with who you are uh, and being physical. Uh, and that helps with your emotional oh, um, and absolutely. all those things, right? Oh, absolutely. It is. It is the best stress relief. Um, being able to knock around, first of all, being able to skate and being on wheels and just feeling the way you do when you skate, but, but also being able to, to just go in and, and give your all and, and be strong and hit your best friends in a very <laughs> consensual manner. <laughs> and in a way, when you, when you knock your bestie on the ground, she gets up and be like, that hurt. That was awesome. Awesome, great job. So is is that a once a week thing? Because that sounds pretty physical. I mean, like football is once a week, you know, baseball is many days because people don't throw the ball at you anymore or tackle you <laughs> more like they did in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, well, you know, it, it 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 really depends on the league. Once a week, I mean it's it kind of cost prohibitive to to play actual games that often. Mm-hmm. Um we may practice three times a week. Um, And, and again, a lot of it is, is based on um, 
costs of venues and practice space and rink space and, and everything. Um, but maybe once a month or going to a tournament and playing like four games in a weekend, wow. which is a lot. <laughs> that is, I want to, I want to watch this. This is great. You'll have to come when I get, when I make my return to the right track. On. We'll have to do a live show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be awesome. Hey, thanks so much for stopping in. It's always our pleasure here to hear the great news of what's happening in Wisconsin, but also really with your work in Emerge Wisconsin and uh, keep that going because inch by inch, it's a cinch, yard by yard, it's hard and you're in the right direction and being an alumni, wow, it's just, uh, I really appreciate you having, on, having you on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Hey, up next, Wendy with our Sacred Animals section. You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. You hear a lot about Rudy Luther Toyota's hybrid cars, but maybe you're asking yourself, are they worth it? Let me say from experience, absolutely. I have a Toyota Sienna hybrid, and the proof is in the gas tank. Before my hybrid, I was filling up my tank once a week. Now it's consistently every two weeks. I did the math, and my hybrid is saving me over $1,000 every year. And the Toyota hybrids are some of the most stylish and comfortable vehicles you'll ever drive. Now's the time to get a Toyota hybrid. Set up a time to test drive one today at Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. If you've made the decision to level your home and build new or to renovate, hire Better Futures Minnesota to take it apart by hand. Think before you scrap. Think of the energy and greenhouse gases saved by diverting what can be reused and recycled from the landfill. Better Futures Minnesota can do it for you. Hennepin County residents and public entities, there are funds available to make the environmentally right thing to do comparable to demolition. Check out BetterFuturesMinnesota.com. That's BetterFuturesMinnesota.com. Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is brought to you by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How? Good one. Hey, uh, let's get going, Wendy. I got my awesome and beautiful wife, Wendy Pilot, and Wendy uh, talks about our sacred animals uh, here on Native Ritz Radio, and I'm re- really looking forward to what you have prepared for us. Welcome, Wendy. Yeah. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level. It's always my pleasure to do that. So uh, I was in the basement yesterday, and uh, I don't know if you want to hear this or not, but I saw one of those creepy centipedes. Oh, yeah, that's a good thing, though. (laughs) I know. So one of those centipedes that go really, really fast, and they have a million legs, and they're really (laughs) squirmy. But here's an article, and it's exactly what you just said, Robert. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Why you should never kill a house centipede if you find one in your house. I get them out of the sink. Free them. (laughs) 
you know, because they get stuck. Oh, they get stuck in the sink? Slippery. Oh. (laughs) So really, the centipedes often appear in dark, humid places. Often one finds them in the bathroom or basement, and nearly anyone would immediately want to squish them or run. But honestly, when I see them, I still really, I get the creeps, right? Um, (laughs) I know some of the things that make centipedes so terrifying uh, to use are what make them efficient tools against other pests, right? They're fast and agile. Hmm. Centipedes are helpful against other insects. So um, with its many legs and quick movements, a centipede is a scary thing to find in your bathroom in the middle of the night. You will find it less scary when it lessens the number of roaches, spiders, and ants in your home. Oh, wow. Yeah. So centipedes. I like the roaches. Part. Yeah. Our, our sacred centipede portion of the show. <laughs> I know. Well, you know. This is it's important not to kill them. Right. So centipedes eat all of these insects and also have a strong appetite, meaning they're almost guaranteed to help prevent other pest problems. Mm. Yeah. So uh, some might uh, still want to rid them. Um, so what they want you to do is uh, catch them in a container and bring them outside and put them someplace like on a rock or something where it's humid um, and they'll keep doing their job while they're outside. Wow, that's good. Yeah. But house centipedes, unlike their relatives, are not poisonous (laughs) and cannot even bite human skin. The tiny amount of venom they do produce can only hurt the small prey that they are so useful in eliminating. So Mm -hmm. I didn't know that they had... um, venom in them but they do but uh yeah isn't that crazy super crazy i know so i did see one the other day and i was like oh i can't kill it and i just left it of course i couldn't catch it because it goes so fast and then it Mm -hmm. you know runs over underneath something and then you can never find it um but they say um in another article that i read that once it rids itself of other pests in your house like if you have ants or spiders or you know roaches or whatever they'll Mm -hmm. leave like they'll go somewhere they'll leave so pack up their bags and they do they'll move away they'll go to somewhere else where they could find stuff to eat Mm. Yeah, so the other day I wanted to talk to you about cat headbutts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so what does it mean and why do cats do it? So I have this article here. It's back um, written by Jane A. Kelly back in October 27th, 2020. Um, But she says, I don't know about you, but one of my favorite feline gestures is the cat headbutt. (laughs) Does Lucy a headbutt? You know, I tried a headbutter and she uh-huh. won't headbutt me back. She's, yeah. She's more into talking to me and yelling at me. Yeah. So sh- this woman here said her own cat, Tara, headbutts her constantly Uh-oh. when she's sitting on top of me. And half the time she knocks my glasses off my face when she does it. I don't mind the temporary inconvenience because I know what the cat head headbutt means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So first, what does the cat headbutt look like? The cat head, um, the cat headbutt mm-hmm. is not when cats stick their heads into other cats' butts. Oh. <laughs> Although that could be another amusing de- definition. When the cat headbutts, she taps her head <laughs> against you and rubs her cheeks along whatever body part um, she's near. Cats also headbutt objects like walls, chairs, and furniture. So why does the cat headbutt me? Um, and what does it mean? So cats have scent glands all over their bodies and they use them to leave marks on objects, including you. Oh. Yeah. According to cat behaviorist Pam Johnson Bennett, cat headbutting is typically used for bonding and social purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the cat to place his face so close to yours and engage in this bonding Behavior is quite an act of trust, she says. Johnson Bennett also explains that this behavior is more um, properly called cat bunting. Oh. Yeah. People often inaccurately think that the cat 
cat headbutt is just a means of marking territory, <laughs> but it's a lot more than that. Scent communication is complex, and while cats do use scent to mark their territory, cat bunting can also be used to create <laughs> familiarity and show respect. I always wanted to use that sound effect. Yeah, that's a good one. You have a couple more on that thing, don't you? That's when we get boring. That's the when we get come boring out. in the sink. Yeah. So Johnson uh, Bennett also says that cat head bunting or budding uh, may be attention-seeking behavior, particularly if your cat butts its head against you and then tucks it down or turns to its side. Oh. Yeah. Do cats head butt other cats as well as people? Yes, they do. In fact, you'll often see feline friends rub uh, one another with their heads. Not only does it create a colony scent, uh-huh. yeah, it helps the bonding um, as well. It's a measure of, of deep trust for another cat to put her head so close to one of her feline companions. So if you see your cat headbutt another cat, know that that means that they are buddies. Cat... <laughs> Bunting is also seen in wild cats. So it's something that also that um, comes to cats naturally through uh, evolution. Dog wants some uh, attention. Yeah, so there's somebody walking outside and I have the window open here. So why do some cats headbutt and others don't? Every cat is different. (laughs) So don't worry if your cat doesn't headbutt you or your fellow felines. There's a lot of variation and the frequency and intensity of the head of the headbutt. And there are tons of other ways that cats show affection. So, yeah, there's also something that people get confused by. So they want, um, they're saying here, don't, don't confuse a head, head pressing for head butting yeah so head pressing is when the cat presses her head against a wall or a piece of furniture re- relentlessly huh. yeah often a- accompanied by um abnormal vocalization or other be uh, odd behaviors like circling or oh that's not a and, good thing. And, no a disorientation cat head pressing is a manifestation of a neurological disorder oh, no. yeah so don't get that confused um so yeah so our cat lucy um sometimes like she'll um you know come really close to us i don't really remember her head butting me but i'm gonna Mm. i'm gonna i've tried try i'm gonna try and headbutt our cat lucy (laughs) and see uh but she is very affectionate and i know that she trusts us a lot so totally we've um, had her since she was little five months old she's 17 Mm. yes she's doing really well um yeah yeah giving her fluids we gave her sub q subcutaneous fluids once a week because she has kidney failure but she's doing really great she's stable and she's doing well hey wendy i want to thank our our vinia uh martin uh to stopping by and of course with you the sacred uh animal section and uh what is it? Sacred uh, centipede section. Yeah, this don't week. kill your house centipedes. <laughs> right. They will do you your house good. Hey, thanks for listening. And then you know, I want to give a shout out to Wanda who was on the show tonight too. Yeah, she was. <laughs> she gave a little uh, her little talk there. Exactly. Hey, we'll be back tomorrow. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. Free Leonard Peltier. Now. I am the one.